morning, church, would you please rise for our first song? Church. Scripture reading this morning is uh, from the book of Psalms, chapter 13, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is the word of the Lord. And please remain standing as we just take a moment to profess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. That's some great words there, Randy, because uh, yeah, you said that when David says, how long? Isn't that something all of us Christians kind of wonder about sometimes is how long is it going to be before our Savior comes? And that's just one of those things. I w over the years, I think we all have to just realize that we just need to keep praying. So if, we, if you would, please bow your heads. Let's go with God in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for everything you do for us. And Lord, we know that sometimes we may say how long, and we know that everything is in your timing, and your timing is perfect. And Lord, as broken sinners, we know that we just need to trust you and listen to you. And Lord, we, we fail at that sometimes, but Lord, we keep trying. And we're so grateful that you're, you're there with us every step of the way. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the message we're about to receive, the music we're playing, the songs we're singing, as, uh, as well as our fellowship. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Everybody's got a story to tell And everybody's got a wound to be healed I want to believe there's beauty here So get so tired of holding on I can't let go Give me the strength to adjust. 
If you would, make your way up. We have the kids' message. And we're going to have Brittany over with us as well. Come on up over here. We have something brand new. Anybody want to guess what it is? I know you're looking around. Any guesses? I don't think anybody knows. It's brand new. Very exciting. You don't see it? Kids message think, well, good guess. Um, no, that's not it. I guess we're going to have to help them. So, would you? Yep. So exploration is going to be starting up again soon, and we are going to move exploration to Sunday mornings. So I see a couple of familiar kiddos who came to exploration last year, and I just wanted to come and invite you guys back up again for this year. Um, it's going to be in between the two services. So when the 9 o'clock service is finished, about 10.10, we can head over to exploration, and we'll have it finished up before the next service, about 10.50. Um, and if you know of anybody who wants to come and help teach exploration, you can come grab this card, go bring it to your parent, an older sister or brother, an aunt, an uncle, maybe even just the person sitting in the front or back of you. 
Um, if you want to come and help teach exploration, it's super easy and it's really fulfilling. Um, we just give you a nice little binder. It has all of your curriculum in it. It gives you the words to say, the Bible stories to read, even ideas for arts and crafts. Um, so we need a minimum of 12 volunteers um, to come and help serve. And, and that's a huge thing because we have the opportunity to plant these seeds of faith in our children. Um, and so I will be over at the welcome desk after service if you want to come and fill out a form if you're interested in helping to teach, um, if you want any more information. And then um, Planning Center is actually has the registrations open online so you can start registering your children or yourself as well. Good. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, this is not for me. That's not the first thing I would like you to think. I, I would like to challenge you to say, hmm, I'm going to pray about this. Or I'm going to maybe ask some questions and see, is this something maybe God wants me to do? Uh, I'm just going to tell you, these kids, the word of God is what's going to change their life more than anything else. And so maybe God is just going to be tapping you on the shoulder saying, you have the gifts and abilities, talent and passion to make a difference in the lives of these kids. So please, please pray about that. Maybe come and talk to Brittany, ask, well, what does this look like and how does this, you know, um, and, and really just seek the Lord because these kids, these kids would be blessed by you. So we're going to pray now, all right? Would you join me in prayer? And remember, all of us can repeat this together. Um, it's the echo prayer, right, for children of all ages. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word, the Bible, that we can learn about you. We pray for the new classes and for people who will serve you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, kids, you can make your way back. And as they do so, I'm just going to move right into the announcements. A reminder, um, next week we have the Backpack Blessings. And it's going to be a great time for us to pray for our kids as they go into a new year of school. It's always exciting, all right? Um, but also we're going to be praying for uh, teachers and staff and praying. So next week at the kids' message time, kids will be invited, kids of all ages, right? Even if you're a college student, we'd love to see you up here with your backpack, and we'll pray for you. And then teachers, staff, be ready. We'll uh, be praying for you as well. And that's going to be at uh, next week, both services. Oh, right. Um, good morning. Welcome. We get to come into the house of the Lord. We get to be reminded from his word that he loves people like you and, you and me. Uh, I know we have some guests here today. Uh, glad you're with us in worship. We invite you to come on back. Uh, but before you leave today, we'd love to meet you, greet you, uh, stop at Next Steps. Uh, you can actually text uh, 1C guest to 94,000. You can catch one of us uh, staff people or praise team people and, and uh, just let yourself be known. A couple things that will be happening in the service that we just want you to be aware of. 
Uh, we're going to have a time of prayer, so you'll see that you could text your prayer request to 402-242-5051, and they'll be included in our worship today. Also, we're going to have communion, and as a church, what a beautiful gift God gives. And we believe here at 1C, it is bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that is your belief, we invite you and encourage you to come and celebrate with us. And then finally, the joy baskets are going to be passed during the next song. We, again, I keep saying this, and I hope you believe it, all of us have been blessed by God. Maybe differently, in different ways, but you've been blessed. And what God wants is for people like you and me to say thank you. And we could do it through our singing, through our prayers, through our serving, and also when we give up our tithes and offerings. So just please take time, pray, and just say, Lord, how can I say thank you for all that you've done for me? Now that's it for announcements. Let's continue our worship. One thing we've done at 1C a um, few times is take a, a secular song, popular secular song, and um, tweak the lyrics a little bit to fit um, just the gospel message. Um, this next one is, is one of those, and uh, um, really it's just about um, dealing with depression and the darkness and the, um, the silence that can kind of overtake us in those situations. And... Um, it's just a reminder that uh, God's always with us. Hello, Jesus, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Cause this fog of doubt is not lifting Convinces me that you are not listening And the darkness that takes residence in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence in my struggles I walked alone Loneliness became my home No words of comfort could restore my hope Despair had brought me to the end of my rope Then my eyes were stabbed by the flash of his loving light Split the night and touch the sound of silence, and in his perfect light I saw a million people, maybe more, people who had run this race before. Who grasp tightly to his grace 
In those moments of silence, Jesus does uh, whisper, but he also steps into those moments, and he gives us a hope and a peace that the world can't give. And um, I pray that that's what this time's going to be for you as we take uh, Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. In preparation for that, uh, let's take a moment to confess our sins and be honest with God and with each other about our need for his mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Let's pray together the prayer that is on the screen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus, sins are forgiven and hope is restored. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take indeed, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
and the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And we continue now with the distribution of the Lord's Supper. Full shit. 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we just thank you that we can come to you with whatever weighs heavy upon us, and we can bring it to you. A prayer for all those struggling with the why, that they may find purpose in God's will for them, in peace and comfort while they seek the meaning and the place for them, and give them patience in knowing that answers come in God's time. A prayer that, Lord, you just be with Melissa as she goes in for surgery tomorrow. Let her know and feel your presence. A prayer for our daughter who is soon to start cancer treatments. Give her strength for what she is about to face. And a prayer of thanks, Lord, for our drummer, Genesee. This is her last regular Sunday. We pray a blessing upon her as she moves to Lincoln to further her education in drum at City Lights. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers spoken and the ones that are unspoken upon our hearts that you know what we need, and then we can come to you and lay it at the foot of the cross and trust in you. We just thank you for that. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We continue our journey with uh, the book of Genesis. And we've been looking at a whole bunch of stories, one after another, where we see God's activity, his love, his commitment, for humanity, and we also see humanity, uh, how do I say it? Oh, they, I mean, we're, we're, the, we're what a strange race we are. Uh, the way we not listen to God, the way we do our own thing. Um, and today we're going to look at the story of uh, wrestling with God and this person named Jacob. And we've been seeing a couple things over the last couple weeks. Um, being the spiritual person that I am, when I think of wrestling, 
I'm sorry, I go back to the 1970s, and there's a list of wrestlers that come to mind. Maybe, I'll just tell you, on a Saturday morning, as a kid waking up, I would watch wrestling. And uh, there was a local wrestler in Milwaukee who was known as the Crusher. And I don't know if anybody ever hear of him. Okay, yeah. And I'll just tell you what a treat. I can't remember when it was, what year it was, but it was somewhere around in the 2000s. Um, but I'm going to make a, uh, a visit at a nursing home, and I'm walking down the hallway going to make the visit. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice. Oh, give me some. I'm like, that. It couldn't be. And I go into the room of the person that I'm going to visit, and who else in the room but none other than the crushers in the other bed? I know. I still think at, I probably he was 80 years old, 85 years old, he probably could take me. <laughs> so I didn't mess with him. But think of, I mean, for me, the list, Andre the Giant, Ivan Koloff, um, uh, Bruno Sammartino, and I, I don't remember him, um, and then 20 years later, we're just going to go maybe even a little bit more than 20 years later, uh, my son, my second born, he started liking wrestling too. And names like Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah, he wrestled like forever. I think he still is. Uh, Randy Savage, The Rock, The Undertaker, Steve Cold, um, um, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Wow. I thought about putting pictures of these wrestlers up on the screen, but sometimes you just don't want to see it. I mean, some of their costumes were pretty ridiculous and over the edge. And, and again, I don't want to offend anybody, but you, if you've watched it, you know. It, you know the phrase, you, you know if you know, right? Well, um, if you don't want to hear this truth, then just close your, your ears. It's not real. Okay? It's not real. It's acting. It's not real. Well, today we're going to talk about a real wrestling match. And uh, my sermon, just so you know, I start usually writing my sermon on a Saturday night for the next week. So I'll just start looking at the text. I'll start thinking, praying about the text. And then throughout the week, it just kind of weaves. And all of a sudden, yesterday morning, um, I was in Grand Island getting ready for a wedding. And I had some time. And so I spent a little time looking into the Hebrew, into the original language where Jacob is now going to wrestle. And I thought, well, what does this word really mean? And it really is what you think it means, right? It is uh, to contest, to take on, to tackle, to pit oneself against, okay? But the one that was new to me, and if you're on my Facebook, you know, invite me, you know, then you get a little inside track into my sermon thinking. Um, I came across a new definition that I've never really read or heard before. But the word actually is karaf, and it means to be dusty. 
And all of a sudden, I started playing around with that in my mind and thinking about being dusty and being dirty and wrestling with some of that stuff. And then my mind started going through my personal journey in life, also some of your personal journeys in life, where sometimes we get dusty and we get dirty by the things of this world. And sometimes it's circumstances, sometimes it's situations, sometimes it's struggles. We feel dusty and we just feel like, ah. And I thought about what I call the three categories I often speak of when we wrestle with sin and its effect, right? Relationships. Sometimes relationships can feel dusty. Sometimes dirty. Sometimes our health. It can feel dusty. And it's a struggle, a wrestling match, right? Sometimes finances. Sometimes it's all three at once. Quote, the perfect storm coming up against you and me. Sometimes things just seem to get worse. And we just keep going through all of this. Well, today we're going to take a look at this Jacob guy, and I'm telling you, um, it just seems to get worse for him. And I'm going to take you back to some of the stories we've talked over the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's go to uh, Genesis 27, 41. Remember, the birthright was uh, really sold or stole from Esau. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So already, this is a little drama here. Things are getting dusty, a little bit dirty, and maybe even dangerous. Then we jump a couple more chapters. Uh, if you recall, now Jacob goes to Laban. He just makes his way all by himself to go to his uncle. Um, and really, it's to get away, right, from Esau. And now he has an issue with his uncle. Laban also said to Jacob, here's the heap, and here's this pillar I've set up between you and me. This heap is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not go past this heap to your side to harm you, and that you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. So he's got an issue with Esau. He now has an issue with his uncle. Things are getting worse. Well, more. Genesis 32, and the messengers returned to Jacob saying, Hey, we came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you. Oh, wait, and there are 400 men with him. Uh-oh. Right? Just when you think things were bad, it's getting worse. And now we get to the text for today where we find this encounter between Jacob and, and God or an angel, depending on your, your definition. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. Now he had sent off his wife and family and everybody and they're kind of going. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Wow, ouch, right? 
And it brings me back to the, you know, again, those wrestling matches, if you want to call them that. And all of a sudden, something happens and somebody gets wounded and it, it gets pretty bad. Well, um, what I'd like to do right now is um, I came across a reading that is a, I'll, I'll say it's very chosen-like. And you're going like, what do you mean? Well, remember, we've gone through two different seasons of The Chosen, and I think they take the, the story from the gospel really well. It's like this much of it. And then they just kind of tell a little bit more of the story that could have happened. Well, I came across a reading of Jacob wrestling with God. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. It kind of summarizes a lot of information you'll find in Gen, uh, Genesis 32 and 33. Uh, but it really kind of paints a picture, and we'll have some pictures up on the screen. Jacob leaned on his staff, staring at the stars. He was looking for some kind of hope. Number the stars, if you're able to number them, so shall your offspring be. Yahweh had promised this to Father Abraham. Jacob's body was tired but his mind was restless. Daylight was approaching and, and Esau with it. He wrapped himself tighter in his cloak and he squatted down. He was cold and the fire had cooled to glowing coals. He stared at the ground. Yeah, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. Yahweh had promised this to him two decades ago when all he carried to Haran was his staff. Now he was returning home with 11 sons and a daughter. A God-blessed abundance of offspring, even if not yet the dust of the earth. But Esau was coming. and 400 men with him. Hadn't the fire of revenge cooled after 20 years? 400? More than enough to turn his beloved children into the dust of the earth. He prayed desperately. O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, deliver me from Esau. You committed me. Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred. And you promised that I'll be with you. Yahweh. Yahweh. 400 men will wipe us out. Please. I need you. I need you with me. Just then he heard splashing. He looked up, squinting toward the river Jabbok. A man was crossing the ford, ahead, uh, heading toward him. He didn't recognize the determined gait. Jacob stood. Fear shot through him. Esau? 
No. He knows Esau's strife. But he wasn't relieved. He knew this man was coming for him. The stranger stopped three feet in front of Jacob. He looked strong. His eyes were intense and inscrutable. Neither man spoke. Jacob felt a familiar fear. But he couldn't place it. Had they met before? Instinctively, Jacob began to raise his staff in defense. With startling speed, the man wrenched it away and threw it aside. Jacob was more confused. What did he want? Then the stranger struck a stance every Jewish boy would recognize. Wrestling was an ancient martial art. This silent adversary wanted a contest. Jacob was perplexed, but knew he had no choice. The men circled twice, eyeing each other. Then a twitch, an adrenaline rush, and the two locked in grappled combat. This nameless foe was powerful. Yet Jacob was surprised at his ability to counter him. But the longer they struggled, the more Jacob sensed that his opponent was no mere man. He now placed the, the familiar fear. It was what he felt at every encounter with Yahweh. And he began to understand that this wrestling was somehow connected to all that lay ahead of him tomorrow and beyond. Who was this? An angel? Was it God? Was this struggle an answered prayer? The men broke apart, each leaning on his knees to catch his breath. They shared a glance of recognition, and a desperate resolve formed in Jacob. Having been a de deceiver living among deceivers, he had learned that God was the only rock that could support his trust. And the only real source of his hope was God's promised blessing. His life depended on it. Now more than ever, God was now within his grasp. Jacob would not let him leave without his blessing. The stranger's attention suddenly turned to the horizon. Light was glowing over the eastern hills. And Jacob saw his moment. Darting, quickly he seized his opponent from behind and locked his hands around his chest. The challenger tried to free himself, but Jacob held fast. Then he swung his fist down on Jacob's right hip. Jacob screamed as the pain exploded. His leg gave way. But his grip did not. He could endure pain, but not this day without God's blessing. For the first time the man spoke, Let me go, for the day has broken. Jacob, wincing hard, whispered through clenched teeth, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 
Instantly he felt the man yield. The contest was over. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob, came a groan. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob crumpled to the ground and grabbed his hip. Striven with God? Panting, he said, please tell me your name. The man's eyes were intense with affection. He said, why is it that you ask my name? And with that, he turned and crossed back over the river Jabbok. I don't know if you can place yourself in a moment like that. Some kind of contest, going back to some of those phrases. Uh, sometimes where you're taking on something, sometimes we're uh, you're trying to tackle something or pit oneself against or where you feel dusty and dirty because it's so intense. I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase. Sometimes if somebody were, were to ever tell me this, like when I'm in pain, I don't think I'd hit them but I'd give him one of those looks. I'll just say timing's everything. Maybe you've been in a moment when you've been wrestling with something and somebody comes and wants to give you this beautiful advice, well, God never promises to give you more than you can bear, or, I mean, those kind of things sometimes make you just want to go, would you shut up? But there's truth to that. If you recall, the last two weeks, I've given you some theological premises or theological truths. Well, today I'm going to give you another one. God uses our struggles to bless us. And I'll tell you, in the middle of the struggle, if somebody were to tell you this, I give you permission to give them a look. But I hope afterward after you've gone through the struggle, after you've made your way through a dusty, dirty moment, that you can look back and say, God, thank you for being with me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for being so faithful, even in the midst of my pain, my hurt. I hope you can. So I want to share with you um, a couple concepts that are wrapped around, around this and a couple Bible verses for you to hold on to. The very first one is, our struggles reveal our weaknesses. And I know we don't want to see that, we don't want to admit it, but I'm, gonna, I'm looking at a whole bunch of weak people. Because of sin in your life, in my life, because of sin in this world, all of us have weaknesses. Think about Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. And this is his attitude about things. He says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Um, I often kind of tell this story about the importance of like confession and admitting weaknesses. 
Because when you start admitting weaknesses, it really is the beginning for some great things to happen. And I'll use the metaphor of you being in a car, a vehicle, and you are driving along the way, and all of a sudden the car breaks down and it pulls over. And if you sit in the car and you do not admit that the car is now broken, you will go nowhere. You're probably saying, duh. But I'm going to tell you, you and me spiritually, when we live our lives and we do not admit that we have weaknesses, that we, do not, that we don't admit that we have sin and shortcomings and whatever words you want to have, and we just kind of sit there like this, you're not going to go anywhere. So that moment, I mean, this is where Paul kind of came to terms with this. He was weak. But God can do great things. Right? His strength is made known in our weakness. Again, a beautiful, beautiful start. Second one, our struggles can make us stronger. And I'm just going to jump right to 1 Peter 5. And if you know who Peter is, um, remember his story? Mighty Peter, opinionated Peter, the one who would often just kind of respond first and then, oops, all right. Remember the one, you know, eventually God's going to say, you know, I'm going to use you, Peter, in a mighty way. Who was it that denied Jesus three times? A moment of being dirty. I mean, he felt that. And then Jesus comes and he restores him. So understand that context when you see these words. And the God of all grace who called you to his, his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And I wonder, as he is penning these words, as he's putting them down for you and me for today, if he was thinking about that whole restoration moment where he was living in this guilt of what he did to his Lord. And all of a sudden Jesus says, Peter, Peter, I'm going to use you. I'm going to restore you. And I'm going to give you my strength. God can do the same thing in people like you and me. We could become Peter-like where we deny our Lord, where we don't listen to him. When we go our own way, when we do our own thing. And we feel like I'm worthless and I can't be... God can step in and say, you know what, I can use that, and I can make you stronger now because of what you've gone through. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking of how God did that in your life because you're looking back with what I call spiritual set of eyes. But sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes our pain is so great, we just can't see any hope. But I just want to tell you, yes, God's word says, after you suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And third, our struggles can be a blessing. And uh, once again, Paul leans in on this. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
we're all in the process. Ultimately, when we get to heaven, that is when it's all finished. But until then, there is a process, and God's desire at every turn and at every moment is to do great and glorious things in you and through you and in spite of you. That's just who he is. Now, how does it happen? Well, I'm going to jump back to the Old Testament. I'm going to just read Isaiah 53, and it is a beautiful description as a prophecy of this Jesus who's going to come, who ultimately does these things for you and in you. Surely, he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's Jesus. It's Jesus for you during your time of dusty time and dirty time and struggles and wrestling and it's Jesus into eternity of heaven. So may this good news of God's love for you inspire you to just keep on keeping on. Like Jacob, like a whole bunch of people we find in the Bible, may God do that in you and through you. I want to invite you to stand. I want to share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
and serve the Lord.
every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I am the resurrection, and I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Christ alone and here on earth 
Looking out my window, feeling the crescendo, sunset on a quiet sea. Sitting with the ones that I'll forever love, we're waiting on a flash of green. And even when the nights got cold, you have always held me close. You're the only rock that I could ever stand on, you're the only one for me. The sun goes up, the sun comes down, this whole world keeps spinning round. I'm here traveling down this long and winding road. Seasons come and seasons go. They take me high, they leave me low. But I'm still standing on the only rock I know. You're my cornerstone. Inside of all that matters, blinded by questions I can't answer. 
It's not just a story, it's a living, breathing, walking testimony of a God so good he made his home in glory for the world he loved, for the world that he so loved. 
change. 